Good morning. I am so excited to be able to tell you about Shemaya. Shemaya is an amazing friend of mine, and I'm so grateful to be able to have her here today. When Shemaya was seven years old, she gave her heart to Jesus Christ, and she felt at the age of seven that God was calling her to be a full-time evangelist. She wasn't sure how that was going to play out because, as Pastor Tim said, she has been on staff as a pastor for many years, and the Lord just began to stir in her heart that to get ready that she was going to be stepping into full-time evangelism. Shemaya has also spoke on the district level at our women's conference and women's events. God uses her mightily. He uses her as she preaches the word and he uses her in the altar times. So I just want to challenge you guys, get your spiritual seatbelts on, get ready to hear the word and to receive it because she is going to bring a word. So we just want to welcome Shemaya. Can everybody just give it up for Shemaya Tober? God bless you, Shemaya. Thank you, Pastor Jan. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Can you guys just stand up one more time for me right quick? Can you just look at your neighbor to the left and says, the best is yet to come. Can you look at your neighbor? Look at your neighbor to the right and say, the best is yet to come. I know you might have heard the enemy tell you that it is over, but the best is yet to come. I hear the Lord says that everything that you put forth your hands to do, that it will prosper. I want you to be encouraged today. Matter of fact, look at your neighbor again and says, live. I declare you to live. You're going to soar like never before. Tell it to your neighbor over to the right, whatever side that is. Tell them that says, I declare you to live. You're going to soar like never before. And that's Psalms 118 verses um, 20 when David says that I shall live and not die. So God is saying today that whatever you're looking at, the circumstances, whatever it look like it's dying, no, it is about to soar. It's about to rise up. God is about to do it, the impossible in your life. And what you have to do is be ready for God to do it and to be open for him to do the exceedingly and the abundantly that you can even ask or think. Now, Heavenly Father, we come right now to you. God, we thank you for what you're going to do in this room. God, I thank you for every individual, those that have walked in here. Father God, even what you just instructed me to say, God, I pray that you would minister like never before. I come against the enemy, against every distraction, every negative thing that he has spoken. We declare it by the power we declared by the power of Jesus Christ that everything that is building up we matter of fact take every thought captive in the name of Jesus God I pray that those that might walk in bound up God that they walk out free we know today is getting ready for independence day on tomorrow this is 4th of July weekend God we thank you for freedom we thank you for freedom even in the natural but we thank you for the freedom spiritually we thank you for what you've done we thank you for setting us free and father god we give you the praise and even if there's things that we see that looks bound up god we declare that you've given us the power that we can say freedom in the name of jesus that we can put hooks in satan's jaws and satan you have to flee out seven ways father god we thank you today oh she taught all about God, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you look nice today as you're taking your seat. 
God is so good. So glad that you guys came out. Um, we know that this is 4th of July weekend, so you could have decided to chill or set back. Uh, some of the ladies probably watched the Hallmark. Hallmark got their specials going on. I love Hallmark movies, so I know they have all their love story, 4th of July stuff, so you could have sat back and chilled and had your hamburger today or whatever you could have done. You guys could maybe watch a football or do something, but, but you chose to be here today. So I'm so grateful for that. And thank you, Pastor Tim. Thank you for Pastor Jan for this opportunity. Um, God is just so faithful and God is just so good, isn't he? No matter what we see, he's still faithful. I'm going to come to you today. Um, it's going to be a little bit of reading, but I promise you, you will be encouraged today. We're going to start at 1 Samuel chapter 14 um, and going to go down from 1 through 7 but it's going to be like to 23 but don't panic I promise you it won't be boring <laughs> um, so we're going to start right here later that day Jonathan saw son said to his armor bearer come on let us go over to the Philistine garrison patrol on the other side of the pass And then verse 4 and 5 says the pass that Jonathan was planning to cross over to the Philistine garrison was flaked on either side by a sharp rock outcropping cliff named Boaz and Sina. The cliff to the north faced Mishmash and the cliff to the south faced Gibbah. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on now, let us go across to these uncircumcised pagans. Maybe God will work for us. I want you to remember that. Maybe God will work for us. There's no rule that God says that he can only deliver by using a big army. No one can stop God for saving when he set his mind to it. And his armor bearer said to him, go on, go ahead, do what you think best. And then Jonathan says, here, what we're going to do. We're going to cross over the pass and let the men see where we're there. And if they say, halt, don't move until we check you out. And we'll, and we'll stay and put and not go. We'll stay put, not go. But if they say, come on up, we'll go right up and we'll know God has given them to us. That will be our sign. And so they did it. And the two of them, they stepped into the open where they could be seen by the Philistine garrison. And the Philistines shouted out, look at that. The Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. And then they yelled down to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come on up here. We've got a thing or two to show you. And Jonathan shouted to his armor bearer and said, up, follow me. God has turned them over to Israel. And Jonathan scrambled up on all fours and his armor bearer right on his heels. And when the Philistines came running up to them, he knocked them down flat. The armor bearer right behind him, finishing them off, bashing their heads with stones. Sounds so vicious, sound like a rated R movie. That's the thing about the Old Testament. And then in this first bloody encounter, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed about 20 men. The set off a terrific upheaval in the in both camps and the field. And the soldiers in the garrison and the, the raiding squad badly shaken up. And the ground itself shuddered, a panic attack like you've never seen before. And Saul posted and wait wait let me go to eighteen nineteen and Saul ordered Abijah bring the priestly of Ephah 
Let's see what God has to say here. And Abijah was responsible for the ephah in those days. While Saul was in conversation with the priest, the upheaval in the Philistine camp became greater and louder. And then Saul interrupted Abijah and said, put it away. And Saul immediately called his armor together and they went straight into the battle. And when they got there, they found total confusion. Philistines swinging their swords wildly. Killing each other. (laughs) Killing each other. And the Hebrews who had earlier defected to the Philistine camp came back. And they, and so in in this story, I'm going to explain that part. So they came back and they wanted to be with Israel under Jonathan. Not only that, but when all the Israelites who had been hiding out in the backwoods of Ephraim heard that the Philistines was running to their, running for their lives, they came out and joined the chase. God saved Israel that day. I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, neighbor, Stepping out on a maybe. Look at your neighbor. If you didn't look at your neighbor on the right, say that to look at him. Say, neighbor, stepping out on a maybe. We can look right here and we can see where Jonathan said, maybe God is going to do something. Maybe he's going to do it. So this is what we're going to do. I want to take you back a little bit, give you a little bit of backdrop how they got here. The little bit of back of the backdrop of the story is coming from uh, second, first Samuel chapter 13. Uh, first Samuel chapter 13 is when here goes Jonathan again with his armor bear and they decide to make war with the Philistines. Now the Philistines was always an enemy to Israel. They were like big and bad. You can kind of go back and look at, they were the ones that actually that had Goliath and was threatening the Israelites there. There was the ones with the, um, with the prophet Eli, with the Israelites when they took the Ark of the Covenant. The Philistines was constantly um, dominating the Israelites until um, King David rose up and then ended up defeating them. But here in this story is that when Jonathan did this, this caused, so it was kind of like You know, in your life where you just say, there go the enemy, but we just going to stay right here and we going to make peace. We ain't going to say nothing. But Jonathan goes and he makes havoc and now it has initiated war. But this is what I want to say is that God is behind all of that because the Philistines was actually still kind of like being a pain to them. They took all their swords so they didn't have swords and they had to go down to their area and then they would just taunt them. And so they were living like perplexed and in fear. So Jonathan causes this to happen. And when this happens, the Philistine now has 30,000, 30,000 chariots, and then they have 6,000 horsemen, and they have footmen. Can you imagine that? Footmen as the sand of the sea. That's a lot. Footmen as the sand of the sea. And now the children of Israel, though, they only have 3,000 men. That's what they at right now. Only 3,000 men. But... Here we go, is that when this happened, when we said in verse 19, that when that happened, a lot of the Israelites took off running. And it only left 600 men. Now, they really in a jam. (laughs) They only left 600 men. And the ones that was there, they ran. Look at this. They ran. Some ran and healed behind. Some said rocks fell in holes and bushels and things like that. And then some joined 
the enemy's camp. Some left God and went over to the um to the Philistines. I want to tell you today that God has something for you and I in this room that we have a maybe. God is saying for you to get out of your comfort zone. He is pushing you for something, some greatness, but you can get to the point where you just decide, I feel safe right here, but God sent me here to tell you today, it's time to take that step. Take a step and watch him move. When we look at Hebrews chapter 11 6 it says that we don't walk by we don't walk by sight but we walk by faith we can even look at this this looks totally crazy but God moved. Some of you sitting in this room and God could be like, I want you to take this step out, out of that relationship or take this step to go to the bank and try to get that loan. You got a business in your mind. It, it's something, you young people in here going to school, I don't really have the finances, even in whatever it is, God is saying, take the step and watch me do it in your life. Now, when we look here, at first Samuel 14 and it was it was said that Jonathan was between two rocks is that on the picture right here can they see this yeah that they're right. okay I want you to look at that because when it says that he was between Bo Bo Boat Boat Bozaz and then he was between um Sina and so he was between two rocks and in here when we see this, this is the cut. I wanted you to see this because this particular mountain that he climbed on, but Jonathan didn't have no arm gear or anything like that. Something that looks dangerous, something that looks crazy. He's not prepared, but he is ready to be able to see God do something great in his life. And so what he does, so he's between, he's between Boaz, in the Hebrew it means suppressing and a great light. And then he's between the other stone, Sina, which means thorny and rocky. The one thing that God began to show me is that when he has something here for us to take that step, to take a step out on a maybe, we're going to be between the blessing and we're going to be between difficulty. And we can see here that it even says that it says something suppressing, something great. It's something glistering. And when I begin to look at that, that they said the only time that something glistering is if it's wet and if it's oily and in this step that when Jonathan made this step that is where it God's anointing and oil was all over it and so this is what God is saying is that when you get ready to take that step he's already gone before you he's already pushed back the darkness come on somebody put your hands together for God pushing back the darkness and so he's suppressing go ahead go ahead clap So suppressing, outstanding, that is what he's between. And then he's between this rocky spot. But God is saying to you and I today that even when you look at in verse, uh, verse five, verse 14 and five, mishmash. Mishmash means treasure hidden up. There is treasures that God is about to release in your life. Now, whatever that stepping out on the maybe is, it could be something naturally. It could be something spiritually. It's something that God is saying that I want to do something in you. So it's those times we have that hesitation, like, well, God, what should I do? Lord, 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 should I, should I, I, I don't know what to do. And God is saying, take that step. I remember with my own life, um, about 12, 
um, now is just 12 years, 12 years ago when I lost both of my parents. I lost my mom and dad 10 months apart. And, um, I was, I was 30 at the time and I was really close to my mom and she, um, got called home really early. She was diagnosed with cancer. By the time they found it, she had six of them as the size of grapefruit and she was, um, it was too late. And getting that news that she only had a month to live, then after that, um, get a call that my dad is dying that same, about that same, that day or so. And then my sister said, you need to get to Indiana right now, because that's where I was born and raised. And I was like, there's no way we can get there right now. And she said, well, okay, well, hope I'll call you back. In about five seconds or so, she called me right back and said that he's gone. And in that, so I lost both of my parents. And then at that time, even in that, just to speed this up a little bit, I was that it, gonna get married at that particular time and um and then so my mom started getting better and God answered my prayer God started getting better but two days before our wedding she passed away and so with all of that being said but he was here in Florida and that's why I brought this up he was here in Florida I was in Las Vegas at the time and you know and just like oh my gosh and still thinking I was gonna get married but anyway with all of those things happening I remember he said well maybe God is saying no then maybe you're not even my wife and I'm like oh my god just getting on my mom passing all those things and anyway well, he ended up praying about it and he called me back and says God says you're not my wife but I had already had this I had, was already moving this way had already shut down my job already shut down my place everything and I'm coming to Florida but when all the hell broke loose it made me say wait a minute and I was about to stop and then my uncle was like hey why don't you come and and come with us to LA and I was like mm, I don't know I said maybe and I didn't even I hadn't even ever thought of ever had read it like this before and I said maybe God has a plan for me in Florida and so I took that step in Florida to Florida came to Florida didn't know nobody there was no Aunt Betsy no Aunt Julie no Uncle Bob there was nobody here got here life broken shattered hadn't been preaching the gospel yet like Pastor Jan said that God called me at the age of seven didn't know how he was going to do it didn't know how he was going to open the door but through taking in that step of all the hardship and looked like I was about to be broken, I began to soar because I took that step. And now I ended up at that time, ended up going into full-time ministry, was on the pastoral staff with um, Pastor... Um uh, pastor Terry and served there as a connection pastor and God just blew my mind and even some of the stages that he brought me in and even here those things God has been faithful so I wanted to encourage you today that through the difficulty there goes the blessing because we can even see over in Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 11 is this helping anybody today Deuteronomy chapter 11 God began to speak to Joshua and he tells him, I'm taking you to the promised land, taking you to Canaan. But in Canaan, he said, there's going to be mountains and there's going to be valleys. So even in the promised land, there's going to be mountains and valleys. God, you gave me this business. Now what is going on? There goes the valley. God, Lord, I married this man. You told me to. Oh, 
mountains and valleys. Lord, I married her. She looked really great. Lord, she can't even cook a biscuit, Jesus. Well, mountains and valleys. There's things, even with school, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to go to college. I don't have the money. The teachers are driving me crazy. The kids gone, but there are mountains and valleys. Even when we're walking in the promised land, there will be the valleys. There could be a valley of even when you get a bad doctor's report. But I can tell you that God said that he will never leave you, nor forsake you so our first point is when you're stepping out on a maybe you can't go by what you see because like we said with Jonathan he's looking and he sees this crazy what he's between but he doesn't care he's like that maybe God is going to do something and so when we see it you can't go by what you see because in second Kings chapter 6 verses 17 we see where Elisha is being surrounded by the soldiers right and then the young man that's with him this is all he see because he's not spiritually seen and he see that they're surrounded and it's just two of them and he's like we gonna die but you know what we can even say just take this thing that God shows us sometimes we can just look at it's just two but God says that one can chase a thousand but two could put ten thousand to flight so if you got two people no matter what you can do it you can overcome some stuff and with us in this room right now we're putting millions of demons to flight when we come together we know that's why God says Two, and that's why the enemy fights connections. He fights marriages. He fights even in churches to put, try to put division there because he know that once we get connected, man, we can blow up some stuff. We can tear down some stuff. There's nothing that he can do when a people has made up their mind as Satan. You are a liar and defeated foe. We take back our neighborhoods. We take back our country. We take back our children. We take back our marriage. We take it back. We take it back. We take it back. And so he says, but it's just two of them. So he's freaking out. And then he's running. This is what I, this is how I see him. And he goes, sorry, camera. He goes, we're going to die. We're going to die. Oh my gosh, we're going to die. He's running around. He's screaming. We're going to die. I could just imagine that. Sorry. You're surrounded with about a hundred something cherries and they got fire all around you. He's like, oh, he surely is. We burned up. And we can look at our own lives and says, we doomed for failure. <laughs> and then Elisha says, God opened this young man's eyes so he can see. And so God opens his eyes. And then he goes, well, bless God in the highest. <laughs> we are fully surrounded. So it's like what was surrounding them? God was surrounding them, surrounding the enemy. So I want to let you know that nothing will be able to overtake you. There's times that God will allow those things to happen to get us into that place where we will be able to go ahead and take that step. Where we will go ahead and be pushed out because we can be like, you know what? I'm safe right here and I feel good right here. I ain't about to do anything. I'm going to stay right here. But in this here, Jonathan says to his armor bear, come on now. In verse 6, and he says, let's go across to the uncircumcised pagans. And as I was preparing this, I says, wait a minute. Let's go across. So when we think about the cross, he says, let's go across to the other side. So I want to say to you today, 
let's put a cross on everything that look uncircumcised. Anything that looks like, oh my gosh, this is about to happen. Oh my God, my children. Oh God, my marriage. Oh God, my job. Oh God, my finances. God, we don't even know what's going to happen. Even though how we have been, it's been said that even down today, right now, we need social security. By the time I get older, all of these different things that we hear that even on the news, all of these things, let's put a cross on it. Why? Because with the cross, we know the cross represents liberty. We know that it cross, we know that it shows us that even when you're down for three days, you will get back up again. When something looks dead, it will rise because Jesus says that I am the resurrection and the life. And though you were dead, yet shall you live again. So whatever you are facing, whatever you see, it shall live again. Let's put a cross on it. Let's put a cross on it. Let's put a cross on it. The enemy can tell you, who do you think you are? You know you can't do that. You know that's impossible. You know you don't have the finances. You know you're too young for that. You know you know nobody else done that in your family. Who in the world? You know you're too old. You know you 86. Who do you think you are? And you say, no, I put a cross on it. <laughs> Let's put a cross over our bodies, our minds, our children, and everything that we see. We put a cross. So he said, we're going to go aside. So the first point was that you can't go by what you see. The second point is when you're stepping out on a maybe, you will have victory, but it will be out of the box. It will be normal. We know. Now y'all, y'all been with God for a while, right? It's how many, right? Okay. So we know that God talks crazy, right? He says, we say dumb, like it'd be dumb. Like he'll say, it's time for you to take the step. Like even when God told me it's time to go into full-time evangelism, I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm not set up really, Lord. What are you talking about? And, and, but that's the thing. But if we could do it, then it's, then it's not even him. Like we can get up and go to our nine to five, right? A nine to five. But then God can sit there and tell you right now, I want you, you don't can have nothing in your account. And he can say, I want you this Sunday. I want you to sow a seed of $200 and that's all you got. And you like, you kidding me? I didn't even get my hot dogs, my piece of my cheesecake this week. Like, what are you talking about? And so there's times when God will say stuff that don't make sense. But in that, we just have to be obedient and know that there will be victory every time. But I bring this out. Then we go back to verse 18 and 19. Saul was getting ready to do the traditional thing. What they normally do. And he, um, the priest, there's something that the priest will have, and it was called the ephah. The priest would keep it close to them. But there was two things in the ephah. There was the thunamen, and there was the, um, and then there was the, let me make sure, and the urim. And the urim is, is something. Now, some scholars say that it could have been a stone, or it was something that caused enlightenment. But even when you go back to when um, Joshua was, um, Getting finding out that Achan had sinned, the Bible said that they took lots and then God began to show them that it was Achan. And that was one of the things that they did. Um, they used this 
for life and death situations, like to be able to figure it out because they didn't really actually hear the voice of God like we can now. That's amazing. We can take those things for granted. But there's times when we go to God and says, God, should I make this decision? What should I do? And God is like, here it goes right here. He'll speak to you and tell you sometimes you can say, God, I'm forsaken. Then he can take you over to Isaiah and says, you are not forsaken. You know, he'll, he'll speak to you. And so, but they were going by these, these stones. And so they were getting ready to do what they normally get ready to do. And as they're getting ready to do it, all of a sudden they hear this crazy outbreak in the camp. It's crazy. They're hearing war and it's like, well, what just happened? And then Saul does something. He says, put it aside. He says, put it away. And then they get, they, they go into the camp and they see what God has done. But they heard something. And this is what God was showing me to tell you is to be sensitive to hear his voice because you can be going, doing one thing. Like I'm about to do this. This is what I'm going to do. I'm sold on this. I'm, I'm hit a hard place. So I know I can just go ahead to the bank today and try to borrow the money and God be like, no, I have a vessel that you don't even know that you connected with. Just Sit tight, hold still, don't move. There's times when we say, I'm about to move, and God is like, don't move. Those are the times we have to listen, because if they hadn't listened, they would have missed the miracle. So I want to tell you today that victory will happen every time when you step out on a maybe, but it won't come the way that you think it should be. Come on, put your hands together. When we look at point number three, stepping out on a maybe, when you're stepping out on a maybe, you will have help. Because we, we, even earlier when we were talking about coming together and we're talking about the two. And we can see that over in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 when he says that two is better than one. It is better into, so there's time. So God is not going to allow you when you get ready to step. And whatever that is, whatever that step look like. Matter of fact, as I'm talking to you, I want you to write something down. That what would be my stepping out on a man? Maybe. What does that look like? What is it that I'm, that I will be afraid to do? What is it that God has already spoken to me? And I'm like, no, 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 no. What is it? And God is like, take that step. But in this, Jonathan's armor bearer says, I'm going to go with you and go. And then now Jonathan's armor bearer, see this foolishness too. Like there's a rock with it. It's nobody here. It's only two of us. But he's like, whatever you feel is good, I am with you. We have to give this armor bearer props right here to say that he is going to be with him. And I want to tell you right now that God is going to equip somebody to be with you. Either they're with you right now and they've been speaking life and you just need to be able to verify and look and be able to say, okay, that person God has put in my life. But even if you don't have that person in your life, God will bring that person but if you don't even get a physical person I'm gonna tell you right now that he brings the Holy Spirit when it says what in John 14 26 the comforter will come alongside to teach you to help you to guide you he will be with you every step that you take stepping out on a maybe might look crazy but I want to tell you it pays off in trusting God it pays off to trust in God even in our 
spiritual lives, God could say, I want you to go higher in me. I, but you're like, I, I just don't know. Because we can look at that with, when God told Abraham, come out. Come out. This time's come out. Come out and do what? Come out. There was, it was craziness what God said. That he says that leave your father's house and, and go. And go where? God didn't even tell him where to go. There was nothing. He even took a step out on a maybe. And look at what happened with Abraham. And that's what God is saying. Take the step. Even coming out from his family. His dad's name means terror. Looking that up in the Hebrew, it means a dry place. Some of us are sitting in places and it's dry. And God is like, get up and move. And watch me move. You're like, well, God, when are you going to do something, Jesus? And he's like, move. Take the step. 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 Oh, she under the myself. Take the step and watch him move in your life. Number four is the freedom we can see. Now, when this happened, you have Israelites that trust and they love God, right? And they're serving God, but then all of a sudden when all the hell break loose and they're outnumbered, they're like, we're out of here. And so you have some that went and hid. I mean, it's still bad that they ran and hid and went and hid. But then you have some that just joined the enemy side. They went with the enemy. And so God is saying in that, like there's times when things happen in our lives and we just say, it's better serving. It's better just serving this certain Satan. Like I'm serving you. And now look at all the hell that's happened. Look at all this stuff that's going wrong. And so they left, they left and joined the Israelites, the, the Philistines. And there's times in our lives when God is saying, don't straddle the fence don't go let, don't, don't be like, okay, God, you go this way and this, and wherever the wind is blowing, this is where I'm going. And if you, you do it, this is, this is where I'm going. But in this way, this is something that will show us that we need to continue to stay put in God. No matter what come hell or high water, we're going to serve God to the fullest. Jesus even said it in Psalms 37, 23, that there's going to be many of the affliction of the righteous, but God will deliver them out of them all. God will deliver us out of them all. He's going to set us free out of them all. That is a promise that we can hold on to. And in this freedom for others is that when he took that step out on a maybe even for you is when you take that step do you not know that that will be set in your generations to come even when you long and gone your grandbabies and your and your great grands and all of them that keep coming it's because you took the step you decided this is what i'm going to do i'm going to go ahead and listen to the voice of god i'm not going to let fear fear grip my heart but i'm going to take that step and in that my grandchildren my children's children my my kids my my niece is my nephews, whoever is connected to me because I took a step. That lady that I met at the store and I just told her to God because I took the step because of what I said, because I got out of my comfort zone, that got somebody else free. There's times when God will even tell you that even now I'm just taking a step of a maybe, it's just times when you're just at a store, shopping, you're at Publix, you're at Walmart, wherever you are, and God can speak to you and say, do this, and you're like, Lord, I don't know if I want to do That's taking a step, and it can actually be setting somebody free. And that is a freedom. 
that God wants you to see today is that you can say, little old me, I didn't say, and this, like giving you a quick story of a lady. She was at Walmart and she ran across this lady and she heard God say to tell her it's time to let it go. Now, you know, you're in Walmart and you hear time to tell her what? to let it go. This lady walks up to this woman, not knowing what she was struggling with. The lady husband had died like 10 years ago and had not let it go. Like she couldn't keep a job. She was just going through constantly. And God said, tell her. And so when she told her, when she told her, the lady just dropped to the ground right there at Walmart and says, God said, just walked up to say, you don't know me and I don't know you, but the Lord says it's time to let it go. And when she did that, the lady dropped to the ground. Now, the reason why I knew that is because that lady that dropped to the ground that was not saved came to the pawn shop where I worked at the time because I used to work at the pawn shop for like 15 years. And she walked in there bawling, crying and told me the story. But now the lady that told her that God says, let it go. She didn't stay there to see what happened. I guess she was like, Lord, let me just go. And she gave it and left. But when she came into the store, I was able to talk with that lady. That lady gave her life to Jesus, was still serving in the church and everything. And it was all because of stepping out with this woman, stepping out on a maybe. Lord, maybe this ain't even a right word from you. Maybe this won't even work. But she did it. And this lady got free. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together. God needs you. He needs you. He is spirit. The Bible says that God is spirit and he needs you. You young man, you young woman in your school, when you go back to school, in your neighborhood, with your friends. God is even, there's young people sitting in this room and God wants you to stand up and take that step of a maybe and just be like, let God do the work in your life. You don't have to be compromising. You don't have to do what the world does. You don't have to um, have those things where it's like, when it's if you like a girl you can like a girl if you like a boy you like a girl what there's you just say I'm lining my life up with God and I'm living my life where they tell you you know what you don't have to abstain you go ahead and just and it just be in a relationship and it doesn't what are you waiting for I want to tell you today it is worth the wait be encouraged every young person in this room how many young people I got in this room right now I got a few young people in this room be encouraged today when we see that through that, they were free. My fifth point is that Jonathan, looking at that rock, and it's, it is crazy. It's got sharp edges. You can see that on the picture, and it's sharp edges. And like I mentioned earlier, he didn't have no gear. He didn't look prepared. But what Jonathan said was that it's not anything here that says that God can work with masses. It's like Jonathan knew something. But Jonathan was at a point and he says, I'm taking that step. And and with that step, God did a wonder. I want you to actually see over in here that Jonathan could have been talking about something that happened 389 years later. 389 years before, I'm sorry, before. That when God came to Gideon and he said to him, he's like, God told Gideon to go. And go. And so now Gideon is about to fight 
First of all, he finds him in the wine press. Gideon is like, who, me? Mighty man of valor? Who are you talking about? That's stepping out on a maybe. And God, and he listened to God in that. And then God says, so he has 22,000. 22,000 men. Again, going against the Mennonites, they had like thousands and thousands. They were outnumbered already. 22,000. And then God says, no, you got too many. You got too many men. And then God says, look here. Let's break it down to those that are scared and send them home. And then it was only now, it was 10,000. So you would still feel good. Okay, I can make it, right? Okay, God, 10,000. But then God's like, okay, no, you still got too many. Now take those to the brook that would drink and lap like a dog. And whoever laps like a dog and cuff it, those are the ones that you're going to choose. And so in that, God did it, right? With 300 men. And that's what I want to tell you today. That in your life, the reason why God will test you and push you. And you're like, God, why would you do this to me when you know I'm not fully prepared? Because God doesn't want to take, the, don't want you to take the credit. That says, you know what? It was my education. It was that I was married. It was that I had like 50,000 in the bank. But God wants you to trust him. When we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 29, he says that he takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise it don't make no sense it's not gonna make sense when he does it but when i tell you this this is what you have to do you have to expect a miracle you have to expect a miracle you have to expect a miracle for god to do it in your life he said that he would do the exceedingly and the abundantly and above all that you can ask or think but you got to expect it and that is why jonathan received it is because he had already set up in his mind that god can do it what does the scripture says in romans 8 31 that if god before me what come on help me who in the world can be against me and so in that taking a step i want you to see something here that in this he expects a miracle from god but the Bible says, now I want you to follow me. The Bible says that at the verse, was that verse, I think verse 22, that he was at a point that Jonathan had got on all fours. And he was on his hands and his knees. And so while he is on his hands and knees, he's crawling in a spot. And he's just, he's, as he's crawling, now he's crawling up this thing. His legs now is bleeding. His arms now is bleeding. And he's, and he doesn't, and his hands are hurting. I want you to see this. He wasn't equipped for this. And even though, and I want to tell you that sometimes stepping out on a maybe might be like, Lord, what in the world is happening? I'm in pain. They betraying me. They're walking away, but I'm trying to do this. And God is still saying, you continue not to go by what you see because there is victory on the other side and so as he's doing that he's crawling up 
And now the Philistines, they're running right at him. But the way that Jonathan is coming up on all fours and the Philistines is running up on him, it's almost like they were like doing a football huddle. And they're falling. And the armor bearer has stones. So while they're falling, while they're falling, the armor bearer is bashing their heads, bashing their heads, bashing their heads. That is the miracle right there. And they did it without a sword in their hand. And it is in that that God showed me that he would give you the witty inventions, the witty ideas, things that don't make no sense, that don't make no sense, but the victory every time you have to expect a miracle for God to do it in your life and God did it people come on put your hands together God did it we can see what God has done for Shadrach Meshach and Abednego we can see what he did for Esther stepping out on a maybe. Almighty oh, God. Taking that step. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. They said, you know what, old king? We're not fearful for what you can do. They stand and they're about to lose their life. And they're like, we're going to trust in God no matter what. And God moves on their behalf. And that's what I want to say to you today. Whatever your stepping out is. Whatever that looks like. God is saying to take the step. It doesn't have to be something so drastic. But in your case, it could be drastic because you're just like, I don't know what that looks like. Is that to get closer to God? Taking sin out of your life, putting things down that is causing you to feel comfortable, staying in relationships. There's even things that said that, you know what, it's better to just cohabitate because you. You know, you have to test out the waters and all those things. And also, sometimes it's just like, it's just a better income. You know, it's going crazy. Isn't it going up around here? Gas is like a million dollars, right? Everything is crazy. And it's always a time to compromise. But God is like, you take the step. And even in my own life, not willing to compromise. And I've watched God do that in my life. Even as I'm sitting in this room, and I always will say that for any young adults, anybody that's not married, anybody that's not married, this is the time when God is saying, I want you to present your body as a living sacrifice. My own self was in relationships and I was at the point and made a commitment to God at seven. A lot of things happened at seven for me. I made a commitment to God that I would abstain until I get married and keep my virginity. And I still have it. And I'm 42 today. And so, but even I want to say that if you don't have it and you're at a point where I'm 35 years old, Lord, I'm 50 years old. I'm 60. I've already been married. What am I waiting for? But God says to do it because he says to bring your body as a living sacrifice to him. And if that's something in our lives where we're like, Lord, I want to relate. I want to be married. God is like, present your body and I will bring that person to you. It won't be easy. 
it won't be easy. We see compromise all around. We see people that's in the church and saying, look what the Lord has done. And they've been shacking up and all these things. But God is like, but you stay faithful. You stay true to me. Because there's going to be a time they're going to come to me. Like Matthew 7, 21 says, so Lord, we cast out demons in your name. We pray to your name. And he's going to say, what? Depart from me. I never knew you. But I want to hear the Lord say, well done. Well done. And I want to tell you something. Go ahead, clap. Go ahead. And I want to tell you something. That there's times when we say we were going to wait till we get to heaven to hear the Lord say, well done. But I've heard the Lord say, well done in my life. There was a time when I just had this, I could have compromised. And I heard the Lord say, well done. The scripture just crossed right by my mind. And that was God telling me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. God wants to do it in your life. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, put your hands together. Come on and stand on up. I'm closing here. I pray I didn't bore you. Did I bore you today? I pray that you was encouraged today. Because every time I take a microphone, if I don't do what God has told me to do or what to say, but God is saying that take that step and just watch him do it. No matter, like I I can look around the room and there's so many different, there's different ages in this room. But whatever age we are, God is still doing miracles he's still doing miracles whatever's going on in your body he still do miracles whatever in your checkbook or you don't even have nothing in your checkbook he still does miracles he still makes a way he will still do what he said he would do he will still supply every one of your needs according to his riches and glory but you there's a but there there's a if there but you got to do something you can't go by what you see you got to know that you're going to have help you know that you're going to be there for freedom for others and you know that you have to trust him in everything you do and those are the things but closing I want you guys to do this with me wherever you are can you give me some kind of music right quick a little bit faster where I now want you just to take the steps wherever you are I just want you to start stepping come on let's step let's start stepping just step just step out take that step just take a step Just take a step. And you're like, why are we taking a step? Because God is saying that as you take the step, you're doing it naturally. You're already getting yourself conditioned to taking the step. Now, come on, let's walk with step. We're stepping. 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 God is saying, as you step, I'm working it out. As you step, I'm moving things back. As you step, you're going to have clarity. You're going to see. As you step, 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 step. She Oh, Jesus, we thank you for today. Almighty God. Now, what I want to do right quick, I wouldn't be right of me right now. But if you're here right now and your life is not where it's supposed to be with God, and you're at a point and you're saying, you know what, Shemaiah? I love God, but I've, I've allowed things to get in there. I'm a backslider. I, I want to recommit my life. Well, I don't even know God right now. But I want to experience this. 
I want to experience the greater in my life. I no longer want to be mediocre, but I want to experience the greater. If that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. And I'm going to say a prayer over you. If that's you, that's you. Okay. I see a few hands. Heavenly Father, could you just repeat after me, those that have you, just everybody just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I ask you for, t- for my life. I ask you today to come into my heart. Father, I pray that you equipped me like never before to rise up, to stand up. Because I know when I walk out these doors, Satan's going to do everything he can do to defeat me. But because I have the greater on the inside, God, you've already doing the work. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for saving me. I thank you, God, for taking me back without thinking about it. You'll continue to do it. You'll continue to do it. And I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, really quick, for those that are at a point and you say, you know, you talked about stepping out on the maybe. And today I just want to come right now and I just want to come to the altar. I'm going to take that step. I just need prayer today with that. I just want to come and surrender all. So if that's you, you can meet me down here at the altar right now. We're just going to do a prayer. If that's you, you can start coming now. We're just going to do that right quick. If you feel like this is where stepping out on the maybe, taking that step, doing this is what God wants me to do. I'm taking that step. Is there anybody? Well, Heavenly Father, I see my sister coming right now. And I know there's more in the room. But today, thank you. But today, there's times when I know we don't like to come down to altar calls. But there's times when that is an open show of saying you know what I'm not staying in the box I'm going to go ahead and I'm taking this step I'm coming out of my comfort zone I'm coming out whatever that look I'm surrendering my own mindset so everybody that didn't come down can you just lift up your hands I'm going to pray for these at the, at the altar right now Heavenly Father right now God as I just lay my hands on these individuals God, I thank you. For... Right now, everybody, if you just lift up your hands, just need everybody to lift up your hands. It wasn't a mistake that you were in this room. You might feel like, well, that wasn't me, but I'm telling you, as life keeps happening, things are going to happen. Your life will shift. And that is the times when we come and we hear a word, it will shift. Because God is saying, I want to equip you. Because he never allowed anything to take us by surprise. So I want to encourage you today. So as you lift up your hands, we're going to do a declaration. And I'm going to give the mic back to Pastor Tim. But I want you to say, Heavenly Father, today 
I submit myself to you. Today, I take the blinders off. I put your eyes on. And God, I see clearly now. The fogginess that I see, I see no more. But I see you, God, standing ahead of me, telling me to keep on coming, to keep on stepping. God, I thank you that everything that I put forth my hands to do, it will prosper. I thank you for every goodbye, but I thank you for every hello. I thank you for every door that shuts, and I thank you for every door that is opening. I thank you, God, because you are a good, good father. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone that's in this room that got their hands lifted. God, I pray that you would do the shifting in their lives like never before. God, I pray that even as your word have gone out, it will yield the 30 and the 60 and the 100 fold. God, I thank you what your word says in Isaiah 55, 11, that so shall it be the words that go forth out of your mouth, the word that go forth, but it will not return unto you void, but it will accomplish that which you sent it out to do. So God, I thank you that everything that you accomplished today, everything that you said is going to be accomplished. Everything, every yoke, every shackle, whatever's been binding us, whatever's been holding us, have to loose us and let us go. In the name of Jesus, I come against the enemy that soon as we put this mic down, that they walk out of this room, they walk back and forget who they are. They walk it back in doubt and fear. They walk back into a sin. They walk back into an addiction. But God, I pray that today will be the day, God, that they would do the 360 degree turn in their lives. In the name of Jesus, God, those that are here that have infirmities in their bodies, God, we claim Isaiah 53 verses 4 through 5 that you was wounded for our transgression and the chastisement of your peace is upon you and with your stripes, God, we declare healing over their bodies now in the name of Jesus, whatever the doctor has said, God, we are expecting a miracle. Whatever it is, God, even down to that thing that has feel like it slipped through their fingers. God, we're expecting a miracle. With that bill that shut off, God, we expect a miracle. We expect, we expect, we expect a miracle. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Can somebody say hallelujah? God is here. He is here. And I just, as I was praying, I just felt like the Lord said there's going to be a special freedom in the house tonight. I believe I heard the word breakthrough. And if you were not planning on coming back tonight, I want to encourage you. Come anyway. Invite somebody to come with you tonight. I just believe God is going to do some things that you're just going to be amazed. And I just challenge you, come and be touched by God. He loves you. He has such incredible things for your life. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we thank you for the word that's been brought today. 
We thank you, God, for your love, your power, your strength, your grace that we have the freedom to walk in. And Lord, I just declare blessings over this house today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Don't forget, if you want to bless Shemaiah, put something in that black box on that back wall before you leave. God bless you.